Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars, we remember and want... So welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today we have Paul with us. Now, Paul has had his prostate removed quite some time ago and we're going to hear about his story and using injections to get an erection and to anyone who's cringing out there it's not as bad as you think so welcome Paul. Uh, hello um, I'll start with a brief history um, my name's Paul I'm 71 years old I've uh, been married for 45 years three children three grandchildren uh, that's my basic position. Now do you think Paul they'd be shocked if they knew that you were using injections to get an erection? Uh, they don't know. No. I haven't told them. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. They're reasonably broad-minded. Oh, so that's good. Uh, I think they'll be comfortable <laughs> after a little while. <laughs> that's good. So what year were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in uh, 2016. I'd actually... Uh, I'd been a shift worker for about 30 years and I uh, I had... S- I had some problems with sugar as a result of that, you know, the lifestyle of shift work. Mm. And I started um, doing blood tests at 51. So uh, the doctor uh, uh, recommended that I do PSA tests at that time. Perfect, yep. So then I, uh, for the next 14 years, I did the PSA tests along with the uh, 60-day sugar level tests. And they all averaged out around... 2.5, 2.6, 2.7. And then in uh, 2016, after 13 or 14 years of the test, the doctor called me up and said I better come in. So I uh, went to see him and he advised me that my PSA level had had jumped to 5.2. Yeah, so that was a quick jump. It was a quick jump from a baseline of under 3 for years 
to a sudden jump of 5.2. So how old were you then when that happened? I was 65 then Sure. <clears throat> when it jumped. I uh, had no uh, no symptoms of anything, you know, mm. uh, any bit of a problem I had. Uh, I just got down to ageing and uh, and really that was it. And can I ask, what, what were your erections like then before, the cert, before you had treatment for prostate cancer? No, my erections were pretty good. Yeah. My libido was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'd all, always had a healthy sex life and yeah. that was just continuing on as a normal. Sure. So I said no indication. Anyway, I said to the doctor, um, let's, you know, let's just monitor it for another 12 months and see where it goes anyway. He wasn't being part of that. It was uh, <laughs> drop the dax and up on the table and we're doing an inspection. That's it. It's um, Good on him. Yeah, Good doctor. It's, yeah. uh, it wasn't uh, yeah, an option. Anyway, so we did the test and he advised me that he could feel a lump on my prostate about the size of a pea. Mm-hmm. So I didn't argue with him. Uh, he uh, referred me to a urologist and uh, he did the same uh, physical inspection and confirmed that result. Now, let me ask you about that because people are petrified of the whole finger up the bum thing. Was it really unpleasant or is it okay? The doctor it was a little bit unpleasant. He's got pretty big hands. <laughs> but the uh, specialist, uh, the urologist, no, uh, he was, that was, you know, I'd gotten used to the idea a bit by then too. Yeah, you know. I think when you're like a bit nervous about it, your your poo poo hole goes a bit squeak, yeah. freaks out. Whereas yeah. once you're ready for a second time, it's not so yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. I both said, "Oh, try to relax." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not likely. It's a bit like when a woman goes for a pap smear and you say to the lady, "Now just relax," and then you think that's such a silly thing to say. They can't relax. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So then he told you he suggested surgery. I'm assuming. Yeah, this uh, he uh, he suggested that I needed to get a, um, a biopsy. Biopsy. Yeah. So uh, that went ahead. I decided to get the biopsy through the uh, perineum. I think it's called. I uh, yep. I didn't want my bowel perforated, so that led to a bit a little bit of a delay for a week or two. Yeah. Uh, the doctor who did the biopsy was quite confident that I was okay. He okay. said, according to the samples. But I suspect in retrospect that he was just giving me Christmas and New Year off. Because <laughs> it was just before Christmas, was yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Anyway, I was called in by the urologist in the second week of January 2017 and advised that the results were positive. Yeah. They were between seven and a half and eight on the Gleason scale. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, fairly uh, virulent. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's definitely needed to do something about yeah. that. So then... I'm pretty sure that was when he referred you to me, wasn't it? I met you before the surgery or not until after? No, uh, at, at that stage um, I'd spoken to some friends and one of the friends had had prostate cancer and he recommended using the uh, Da Vinci machine for the operation. Yeah. Now the urologist I'd gone to didn't use the Da Vinci machine. Sure. So then I was further referred on to... Okay. To the person who did the surgery and he referred you to me, didn't he? Yeah. He eventually referred you to me. Yeah. Yeah. And did I see you pre-surgery or post-surgery? No. Yeah. I saw you 12 months after surgery. Oh, was it that long? And were you worried about, because a surgeon you had usually refers early, so was, did, did, were you worried about your sexual health at all or you just thought I'd deal with the cancer first, worry about that later? Well, not at that stage. I was, I was in 
Forrest Gump mood, you know, shit happens, <laughs> let's just deal with it. That was my initial thought. Yeah, life's like a box of chocolates. Yeah, I, I, I didn't worry about the consequences of it. I yeah. had cancer. Uh, the urologists had told me that I was, you know, reasonably fit and healthy apart from that mm -hmm. and that uh, I should strongly consider surgery as the option. Yeah, and then what brought you eventually? So we know your, your surgery's been very successful. Your PSA is still good, yeah. isn't it? You've had no comeback at all. No. So that's brilliant. And then what What was the prompt that made you decide to come and see someone like me that would help you with the sexual function? Well, after the surgery, I bounced back quite quickly. I, you know, religiously did all the exercises, got back out walking. Mm -hmm. And I found that um, after about two months, I... Uh, you know, I had bladder control and all that sort of thing, so I was quite happy with that. My libido was still running as per normal. Yes. But uh, the system just wasn't working. Yeah. I was getting the odd erection, but uh, I had no control over it. Yeah. I, uh, um, you know, it could happen at 3 o'clock in the morning and it might only happen for a minute or two. Yeah, and if... Um your wife's anything like me being tapped on the shoulder at three o'clock in the morning is not preferable. Yeah, well, not at our age anyway. <laughs> yeah. Younger person, it might be all right, but, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I sort of thought something might be uh, not quite up to speed, but typical male, I suppose, I just said, oh, I'll give it time, give it time, you know, it'll sure. come good, you know, it'll sort itself out. Yeah. But it never did. Uh, we, we went on a European trip for three months and... Uh, nothing happened in that three months sort of thing and got to the next new year and uh, started to get a bit frustrated with the whole thing. It was either, you know, say goodbye to your sex life or do something about it. Yeah. And on that basis, I spoke to the urologist who referred me to yourself. And how did you feel coming to see me the first time? Well, I'd always been a very private person. You know, I was never one for... Uh, stomping around the change rooms after a game of football and I always took my sex life as quite a private, personal sure. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, for, it took a huge change in my mindset to uh, go and seek help, quite frankly. Because mm, yeah. I remember the very first time I met you and you were really, like, quiet and I, you could tell that, and as a lot of men are, understandably, worried about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, at that stage, I think I was still coming to terms with, uh, you know, your lack of modesty with the whole thing. Mm. Certainly increased my empathy for uh, ladies, you know, for women and that. There's, you just can't maintain your modesty with prostate cancer. No. It doesn't happen, you know, and eventually you get used to it. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, you were, you know, you'd had a lot of years being able to be a private person, to, so suddenly that's you have right. to expose everything is, yeah. is quite awkward. Yeah. And so... The first time you had an injection, how did? What, were you nervous? <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd tried the other options like uh, Viagra and Cialis and things like that, but once again, nothing happened. I no. went a bit red in the face and that was it. <laughs> but uh, the, the first time I tried the injection, I was shaken like a leaf. Yeah, I was just... It was contrary to everything I'd ever thought in my life. You know, to me... You know, my penis was the most sensitive part of me and to suddenly consider sticking a syringe in it was, um, yeah, a bit mind-bending. That's right. And mm. then what, and afterwards were you relieved and were like, wow, it didn't happen? Well, if you remember rightly, you assisted me the first time to a certain extent and yeah. uh, we got a result. Yeah, it was which, great. Uh, 
sort of, uh, yeah, in, it was really encouraging. Yeah, it buoyed you up, didn't it? Yeah. it was like, I think it was the first time I saw you with a smile on your face, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, yeah, difficult times. Mm. But um, no, after that, I uh, worked out how I needed to go about it and uh, became quite comfortable with the process, yeah. quite frankly. Well, you've never looked back, have you? You're still using injections, so it's at least... Four years now, is it? Yeah, nearly five years. Five years in May. Yeah. Uh, I've been using the injections. So uh, I suppose over the, almost five years, I've used it maybe, I don't know, three, four hundred times around mm. there sometime. Yeah. Somewhere. So, you know, not infrequently. We use it reasonably often. And uh, yeah. no, it's been extremely successful. I've how did your wife respond when you went home and said, oh, God, I've seen this crazy lady who wants me to put a needle in my penis, but it works? Well, my wife was very open and uh, I, I should reinforce it's not something that you can do without the assistance of your wife mm. your, or your partner. You know, you've, you've got to have their assistance. Um, it's no good uh, taking a syringe to yourself on the basis, you know, I might get lucky tonight or something <laughs> like no. that. Yeah. It doesn't happen. If, it, if there's any downside at all, it's the fact that uh, you, you lose the spontaneity. Yes. You know, everything, it needs to be organised. You need to set time aside. You both uh, need to be in the mood, so to speak. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you just take it from there. <clears throat> I think um, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot the last probably 12 months about how, you know, like we always plan for holidays and we look forward to them. But for some reason, because of the media or culture or whatever, we think that sex should be spontaneous. But we can plan for it. And then that be something you might look forward to that day. Yeah. And and maybe if we change our mindset around that, the spontaneity is not such a big deal. Yeah. You know. That's right. It's as simple as uh, popping the question, so to speak. You know, are you going to be interested this afternoon, this evening, or whatever? And yeah. It's a yes or a no, or uh, how about tomorrow? I'm busy today, or whatever. And it's just it's just a straightforward matter of prearranging it. But. Yeah. Good. And have you had any complications? Like people are worried, you know, if you read on the internet, they say, you know, there's always things saying that injections cause bends or lumps or bumps and all of that. And in my experience, if people use it properly, they don't have those issues. Have you had any problems along that time? I think the only complication I've ever had is um, the odd bruise. But uh, you get around that by finding yourself a good mirror and a strong light and... Um, work your way around the, the fine veins on your penis, you know. Yeah. If you can avoid them, it's uh, occasionally if you hit one, you might end up with a bruise. I suppose over the five years, I might have bruised myself half a dozen times, yeah. once a year. And they go away really quickly, don't they? Oh, the bruise is gone within a couple of days and it doesn't affect uh, your performance on the day, so to speak. You, you know, it just doesn't matter, really. Yeah, that's right. I think it's really scary the first time a guy has a mistake and gets a bruise but just to like reinforce that it does no harm whatsoever and no. like you know there's no problem with it it just means you've gone a bit shallow or as you say hit a little capillary or something like yeah. that yeah uh, meanwhile I've uh, uh, in injecting myself I've always uh, alternated from one side to the other I've always moved up and down the length of myself yeah. So I've never had any lumps, bumps, curves, no scarring. No, you've done brilliant. And no it's problem. because you've followed everything exactly as you should. And I do think that the people who get into trouble is they have not been following the recommended way. They've made mistakes or, you know, they've 
kept putting it in the same place because it's easy or yeah. they haven't, you know, used a pump in between or all sorts of things can make it go wrong. But if you've, you're a perfect example, which is why I want to speak to you, of someone who's used injections long term, managed them really well and hasn't had any complications because you've followed the, 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 the way it should be done. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think of that. I'm uh, scrupulously clean, mm-hmm. you know, have a shower naturally, but then always uh, swab myself down yeah. with a uh, alcohol swab. And uh, yeah. Um, so no, apart from the uh, little sting sometimes, but mm-hmm. I just think of that song. There's a fine line between pleasure and pain. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> and um, can you see yourself using them for many more years to come? I mean, my oldest patient's ninety six. I'm wondering if you can beat him. You're seventy one now. Well, time will tell, I suppose. But <laughs> I. I'm not in any uh, immediate hurry to uh, stop using them. My yeah. libido's still fine. Uh, my wife and myself, we enjoy our uh, sex life and I see that continuing on for the foreseeable future. Yeah, no, that's great. And is there anything else that you think men or their partners should, like, you'd like to tell them? Or, I mean, you've done a great job of sharing this. I suppose in a sort of summary, uh, the most important message I can reinforce is the PSA tests, you've got to have them. They're, they're no weight to carry. You know, you'll go in for a normal blood test, you just add the PSA to it. Yeah. It saved my life. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, actually, I bought a coffee from a drive through coffee van in Quarrimup down south a couple of weeks ago. And um, the guy asked me what I did for a job because of my number plate on my car, which is box of toys. And when I told him he was in his 50s and he goes, I've never had my PSA checked because I'm scared that I'll end up being impotent. Mm. And I was like, that's not true anymore. There's so many things we can do to help. And he was like, really? I didn't know that. My mates all think that we shouldn't have our PSA because we don't want to know the result. So, you know, this is a great message. Like, you know, you can continue to have a happy sex life. It's not a reason to avoid getting checked. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We've had five years of... Uh, wonderful sex. Uh, normally, an injection will give you a decent uh, erection for up to an hour, and uh, no, that there's no downside at all, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. None. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Paul. And like, just think about. I'm thinking right now about how shy and awkward you were talking about this, and look where you are now. So I really appreciate you coming in, and thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. My pleasure. Tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you can start straight away or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye. I've got a boy of my own now. It fills me with pride. To see him growing so fast into a man. 
victories become mine. 